Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for bringing us together, Father. We thank you for meeting with us today. Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just permeate this place, Lord, that he would in us just light a fire today, Father. We just want to be in your presence. Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts. Lord, if there's anyone here that does not know you, that your spirit does not live in them, Lord, I just pray that they would sense your love today. Lord, I thank you that we are just reflecting on your great, amazing love for us. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I come to you. My heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to
Worship and our praise today, Father. Will someone just lower these lights? I don't know. This is my time. Just turn those. I don't want to see you worshiping God. I, I know I gotta be up here, but somebody kill those lights, please. <laughs> this is our time of intimate worship with our Heavenly Father. So I don't care how you express that, I don't care what you want to do. You can lift your hands, you can get on your face. However, Spirit moves you to worship him, Lord. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would get us out of this flesh so we can worship you in spirit and in truth today, Lord. You want to meet with us today, Father. Thank you.
that you would even call us your friends. While we were your enemy, you loved us. You loved us so much that you came to die on a cross. Surrender my life. Hop 
there's any part of our lives that we have not fully surrendered to you, Lord Jesus. I pray that right now, today, you would help us to take that step forward. I know there's things in every one of our hearts that only you know about, Lord God. Holy Spirit, please show them to us today. Show them to us lovingly. Take those things from us, Lord. We, we lay them at your cross today. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, thank you for your glorious love. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Lord, we know the message of your cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved by it. It is the power of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give it to you here, right here, right now. Praise you, Lord.
Jesus, we continue to be in awe of you. Because knowing why you were here, that you came to suffer and to die, we remain in awe of you. That even while we were still sinners, you died for us. It's hard for us to imagine. But we, but we love you. We love you because of that. And we thank you again and again as we are reminded that at the cross, love ran red and our sins washed white. The scriptures say, come, let us reason together, says the Lord of hosts. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. Thank you for the cleansing power of the precious blood of Jesus. We have not been purchased by silver and gold but by the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, I just ask that you would just help us now. By your Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds. Help us to once again just appreciate the things that you have brought to us. The word says that the promises of Abraham are yes and amen in Christ. We thank you for everything that we have. Everything that comes our way comes at your hand, comes from your the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we just give to you now out of hearts of gratitude. Not gratitude just for the material blessings that you've sent our way, and you've done that abundantly. But because we can stand here today, and because of Jesus, we can say it is well with my soul. And so, as we give of our tithes and our offerings and our gifts, May it be an outpouring of our gratitude to you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
pray for just a moment. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is the truth. And Jesus said, I came into this world to testify to the truth. So Lord, as we look into your word today, may we receive it as truth into our spirits. Teach us today, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in chapter 2 of the book of 1 Corinthians. Last week, we talked about the power of the cross and how Paul told the Corinthians, I didn't come to you with wise words, that is, wise in the ways of the world. But I came to you with words, wise words from the Spirit. And the reason I didn't come to you with wise words from the world is because I didn't want the cross of Christ to be ineffective, to lose its effect. The message that I, he says, the message that I brought was brought through the power of the cross. The cross is what makes the difference. The the power of the cross is what changes people's lives. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So Paul talks about the fact that that he preached to the Corinthians out of Wisdom that comes from the Spirit and not wisdom that comes with wise and pervasive words. We understand that the Greeks, the the Corinthian people, uh, there was was nothing that was more satisfying to them than to be able to convince someone of their point of view. To to debate, to, to talk logically and to reason with other people and get someone to change their way of thinking to go along with your thinking. That was, that was a big deal. Paul says, I didn't do that. I didn't try to convince you with, with, with reasoning and logic. I just came to you and I just, I just preached the gospel and the power of the gospel changed your life. Now, That was last week. Now, this week in chapter 2, he reiterates that, but he goes further and he begins to talk about the wisdom of the Spirit. He said, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. That was the last verse we talked about last week. He said, I want your faith to not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And then he begins and he says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. See, Paul says, I've got a a word of wisdom. I've got words of wisdom to give you, but they're... And we do speak words of wisdom among the mature. Now, there are folks who will say, well, you know, I guess I'm just... I'm not mature. I, 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 don't, I don't understand the Bible. I, 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 I hope that when we're done here today, I hope that you will have a, a refreshed and a renewed idea of what you can expect God to do for you through His Word. And I mean that. I mean, I, I hope that you have a, re, a, a renewed idea of what you have within you that will, 
that will bring the Word of God to life to you. I'm on my, I'm on my 24th month this month. This is, my, this is my 24th month of reading a Gospel every month. I've been through all of the Gospels now six times. This is the 24th month, the 24th time, in the, at least the 24th time in the last two years that I've, that I've read about the crucifixion. That I've, that I've read about what, what Christ did. And every time I'm coming up on it, I think, do I have to read this again? Because each time it becomes a little bit more real. And you just, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What were you thinking? power of the cross is unbelievable. And the power of the cross makes it possible. Do you understand? The power of the cross makes it possible for the Spirit of God to dwell in you. You you understand? That was what God... I'm I'm just... I'm, I'm backing away here and I don't know why, but I'm backing away... Do you understand that it was always God's plan to have His Spirit dwell within us? It was always His plan. When He created mankind and mankind fell, and, and, and God made the proclamation that one day, that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And God began to put into, into play His plan. His plan always included at the forefront that the Spirit of the living God would dwell in us. You go back into the Old Testament and in the Old Testament... God is talking. He says, I am going to take a heart of stone and I'm going to change it into a heart of flesh. And I'm going to write my laws on their hearts. That's what he did. But you and I, you and I were so sinful we are so sinful. Sinful mankind. There is, there is none righteous. No, not one. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. How can the Spirit of the living God live in a degenerate vessel? can't. He can't. But if that's God's purpose, if God's purpose has always been to have the Spirit, His Spirit, live in us, then He doesn't doesn't lower His standards. He has to do something in us to make us worthy, to make us viable so that the Spirit can live in us. And the way He does that is He crucifies His only Son on the cross and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Now what? When when we have been cleansed from all sin, now what? Now we are pure vessels that the Spirit of the living God can come and live in. 
And I don't think we have really grasped what that means. Do you do you under do you understand that the spirit of God lives within you? It is the same spirit that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. It's the same spirit that God used to raise Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Okay, now we can go on. Now we can, now we can move on to this because now it will help you to understand what you have. He says, no, we speak of God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. We're not talking about the Gnostics. We're not talking about those people in Paul's day who thought that they had some sort of hidden secret knowledge, and if you joined their group, you could get in on it. He's simply saying that in times past, people didn't understand God's wisdom because God hid it from them. They weren't able to understand His wisdom. Okay? I want you to understand, he's talking about the wisdom of God being hidden from those, from people on the earth. And the reason was, and we'll find that out in just a minute, was that back then they had a heart of stone and not a heart of flesh. Listen to this. In Colossians it says this, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. That's us. Okay? That's us. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, and the mystery is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Huh? That's the mystery that had been hidden for the ages that, that God was going to send His Messiah. And the problem with, is, and we'll see this just a little bit later, is that those who saw Jesus, but they weren't willing to believe that He was a suffering Messiah, that He came to change things around. He, Paul says they wouldn't, if they'd have known who He was, they wouldn't have crucified Him. But this is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians says this, and He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. The mystery of the ages. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everything under the headship and lordship of Jesus Christ. He says, that's the, that's the secret wisdom that has been revealed to us. None of the rulers of this age, none of the Pharisees, none of the the religious leaders, none of the learned people of the Jewish faith, none of them, none of the rulers of this age understood it. If they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye hath seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now that's not, see, that's a really great verse, but the verse isn't finished. But God 
has revealed it to... No, God has revealed it to... No, God has revealed it to... How? By His Spirit. By His Spirit. He has revealed... See, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. No, no mind has conceived. No mind has conceived. No mind has conceived. You can't even imagine the things that God has prepared. You can't think that loftily. You don't have it in you to do it. Oh, oh, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit because the Bible says the Spirit is a deposit. It's a down payment on what we have to look forward to. Folks, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit should be a down payment in us of the glory that we are going to experience one day when we look at Him face to face. (laughs) Y'all just sitting there. You ought to have the biggest smile on your face. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God is a down payment on the glory you will share with Him one day. And having the Holy Spirit in you and dwelling in you should bring about joy and and just unspeakable, wonderful things in our hearts and lives because it's a down payment on what's to come. Do you under, do, are you getting this? And the Spirit reveals it to us. Now listen to this. The Spirit searches all things. Even the deep things of God. You hear that? The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Spirit being God, okay, the Spirit being God knows the deep things of God. Now listen. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit in him? I can look around this room today and I don't have a clue what, you, what you're thinking. You may be down there thinking, what is this guy ranting about? I don't know what you're thinking. I don't have that ability. I cannot read your mind. I do not know what your spirit what your thoughts are. The only one who knows what your thoughts are is, the, is your spirit within you. Your spirit within you knows what you're thinking. How many of you, how many of you like to be alone with your thoughts? I do. I like to be alone with my thoughts. I, that's one of the reasons why I, I work alone a lot is because I like... I like being alone with my thoughts. I just, I just do what I do and I, my mind can go where I want it to go. And, and um, man, I've, <laughs> I've, I've prepared a lot of sermons in the bottom of swimming pools. I can tell you that right now. I, I really have. I have prepared a lot of, sw- a lot of sermons. Okay? Because that's just another story. Okay. So now Listen. No, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Do you know the thoughts of God? No, you don't. You do not know the thoughts of God. Does the Spirit know the thoughts of God? 
where is the Holy Spirit? Okay, we're getting there. We have not received the Spirit, small s, of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. I want you to get this. Listen to these last, this next sentence. I want you to... That we may understand what God has freely given us. The Spirit of the living God is in you. Huh? Okay. We have not received the Spirit of the world. We've received the Spirit of who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. We can't know the thoughts of God. We can't know the plans of God. We can't know anything about God, but the Spirit who knows everything about God that dwells in us will help us to understand what God has freely given us. Is that good or what? Now, the Word of God is full of promises that God has made. Right? It's full of promises that God has made. No man went to God and said, God, Promise me that you'll meet my needs. No, nobody went to him and said, God, promise me this. Promise me that. God made those promises. I want you to, I want you to get this. You may say, Wow, this is really profound. This, this, is gonna, this may shock you. Okay? God made those promises because He wanted to keep them. Wow. That's deep. I'm I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding about him making the promises because he wanted to keep them. I'm, I'm kidding about the deepness. You see, we've received the Spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. There's no holding back with God. There's no tight-fistedness with God. There's no, that's mine, with God. He's freely given us. Now let's look further. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Now folks, I want you to I want you to say I want you to understand this. I'm not I'm not here to to decry or to judge or to sponsor or to in, or or anything a particular version of the Bible. Okay? I know that there are some places where if you don't use a certain version of the Bible, you are like almost a heretic. Okay? That's, that's you know, that's, I'm, not, I'm not here to do that. Okay? Here's, if you have trouble understanding the Word of God, if, it, if it's a little, too, a little too wordy or a little too flowery or it's, a, you know, or even if you have trouble reading. I know there are folks who have trouble reading. There's no shame in that. And lo and behold, i got to tell you something. There is, 
there are these magnificent new things that are out. They're called CD players. And do you know that you can actually buy the Bible where someone else is reading the Bible to you? Yeah, you can even on your, on your telephone, you can get it and you can follow the words while they read to you. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of anything. I, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that the Word of God is readily available to us here in this country. We have, we have the Word of God readily available to us. If... If you and again, I'm not trying to discourage you, but it, but if you've if you've picked up a King James Bible, for instance, and you've read that and you go, I can't understand it, okay, then pick up the New International or pick up the Living Bible or whatever. And realizing that you're picking up, if you pick up like the Living Bible, you're picking up a paraphrased edition. You're not picking up a translation. But if you pick up the NIV, I mean, I have the Living Bible, and every now and then I will, I will read out of it. As a matter of fact, in my readings of the Gospels every month, I've changed translations so that I don't get bored with one particular translation. Because what happens is you start reading through again, you go, well, man, I'm, I think I already read that. And you have a tendency to hop forward, and I don't want to do that. And so I've, I've done that. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is that if you don't understand one, there's one out there that you can understand. Now, I wouldn't use the Living Bible for a, for a deep Bible study, but it's a great book, to, it's a great version to just sit down and read and get the gist of what's happening in, in the Bible. And then you can pick up something else later on and, and when you get familiar. But read it! Now listen. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, I want, I want, you, to, I want you to get this. It will be of no value to you. It will be no, of, of no value to the, to the unbeliever that you're talking to. For you to speak about spiritual things to them other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot he, he what? He cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. So I'm just going to repeat a little bit about what I said last Sunday, okay? We need to begin to pray for people, specifically, by name, that they will, that their, the eyes of their understanding will be opened and they will be able to comprehend the light and the, and the message of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? The Spirit of God can give an individual the understanding that they need to step out on faith and trust Christ as their Savior, and then the Spirit of God comes in and begins to indwell them because they've been washed clean and now the Spirit lives within them. Now we can start talking to them about spiritual things because now they have the Spirit who is going to help them to spiritually discern. But until that time, a lot of this wasted energy and debate about things that are spiritual with unspiritual people does nothing. And we look at them and we go, why can't they get this? 
They can't get it because they don't have the very thing that helps them to understand what God has freely given us. We don't, we don't walk around with our heads up looking down our noses at those kind of people. We pity them and we have compassion on them because they cannot understand. It's not that they don't want to understand. They can't understand because they are not spiritually enlightened by the Spirit of the living God. And we pray for them that their eyes will be opened so that they can understand the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And here's the last line of this, of this passage, and this is, the one, this is the one you need to get a hold of. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Paul is writing this to the church in Corinth, for heaven's sakes. He's, he's writing this to people who he's going to spend the next 14 chapters telling them about all the things that they're getting wrong. But he says you have the mind of Christ. Because you have the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit of Christ understands the mind of God, which is the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now, I understand, and I'm just about finished, I understand that we have the Spirit of God in us. And Paul says we have the mind of Christ. Do you understand why I think it's so important for us to know what Jesus said? Do you understand why I think it's so important that we understand what He's teaching and align ourselves with what He's teaching? What His teaching was? I don't care what other pastors or other other churches preach? What did Jesus say? What did He say? Paul says we have the mind of Christ. Can you grab a hold of that and run? Huh? Can you grab a hold of that and run? Can you leave this place today? I have the mind of Christ. Am I perfect? Yeah, not in every way. But I have the mind of Christ. And I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. The Spirit of the living God, we have received Him so that we may comprehend what God has freely given us. Amazing. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for the Spirit of the living God. Thank You that He dwells within us as believers. Thank You that we have the mind of Christ. Thank You that the Spirit Helps us to comprehend what You have freely given us. Freely given us. Father, let us as Your children never think that the Word is too difficult for us to understand. 
Let us never think that we are not, that you are not able to communicate with us as individuals. But that you can and that you do and that you will speak to us. That you will lead us and you will guide us by your Spirit. May we never, ever doubt your presence again in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us things of God, the deep spiritual things of God. Oh Lord, we thank You for the ministries of this church. And we thank You, Lord, that You brought them to us and allowed us to be to be a part of these ministries that are going some some are just local some are around the state some are around the country some are around the world some are in other countries but lord you've allowed us to be a part of that in by giving of our resources we share in in the fruit of those labors from the from the prison ministry lord and we pray for the banquet coming up. We pray, Lord, that you will fill that place with generous people who want to give into the, the ministry of, of EE Prison Ministries. I pray for the Transitional Center, Lord, as we go there next Saturday. I pray that your Spirit would already be at work in the hearts of those girls. And as we share the word with them and we worship together. Lord, I just pray that there will be just a, a great time of the moving of your spirit. We thank you for love serves, Lord. Thank you for what they're doing in the Dominican Republic. Thank you for the opportunities we've had to be a part of that and the opportunities we will have. And I, I pray that each one of your people here will, will take that as a matter of prayer, not thinking that they're, they're too old or they're too young or they're too busy or they're too whatever to be a part of that. Pray for them. Pray for our missionaries, for Todd and Shelley and for Chris Garris. They've left their homes, they've left their friends, they've left their families because they felt the call, your call on their heart that the people in Thailand and the people in the Middle East deserved to hear the message of the cross. And we pray for them as they deliver that message. There will be those who will respond to that message and come into your kingdom. And for our daycare here, we just thank you for what that's been to this church over these last nearly 20 years now. And we just thank you for the blessings that have been and the blessings we've been able to be to the families that have come through here and allowed us to take care of their children on a daily basis. We want to say a special, two special prayers this morning, Father. We want to pray for Elaine. Elaine's not able to be with us, Father, because she fell. She broke some ribs. And Lord, we just want to pray for your healing touch to be upon her. And Lord, we also, we also want to pray for Marilyn here. She's had injured her neck this past week. And Lord, we just pray for your healing touch to be upon her. Strengthen her and raise her up. And Father, we just thank you. We just we thank you for the privilege it is to serve you. May we leave this place today energized by your Spirit to touch the world for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.